Alright everybody, welcome back to Echoes in the Dark. Um, so, here's the funny thing. When you record an episode, uh, make sure you save it. So, yeah, my last episode got completely deleted by my own doing, and uh, so we're going to have to do a little bit of catch-up. Big things uh, that we want to talk about in this episode are going to be things like the uh, new Lord of the Rings MMO, which really was... Uh, announced almost a month ago at this point, which, I, like I said, I'm I'm seriously behind on because I recorded this episode the week before I went on vacation. Then I was on vacation for two weeks, and then I was back, but couldn't record this past week. So here we are. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about a little bit of Warcraft, and then we'll talk about a little bit of Update 23 in no particular order. Just uh, make sure that we we get all of it. All right, so new MMO or possibly MMO from a studio called Athlon Games. Uh, it has no title yet. It really only has the information of a, a couple tidbits that are kind of interesting. One of those being that it is going to be set long before the events of Lord of the Rings. So we'll be set in Middle Earth. Um, we, we've dialogued a little bit on uh, Discord and whatnot, and it, it looked like we were th we were throwing it around like, man, ah, maybe it'll be back in Beleriand and things like that. Uh, doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like it is going to be on, in, in Middle Earth. Uh, one of the other key takeaways from this thing was that it is going to be set. Um, well, the setting is that there's also going to be no race of man, um, and that's what was kind of interesting because it. Is it just you're going to be telling stories without the race of man involved, or are we going to be in a time before that? Because there is a time within Middle Earth, uh, the the race of man did not exist. So it it opens the door for a lot of possibilities. I think it's really cool, and so we'll really need to see how that plays out. So the other really cool thing that I want to point out with this is that um, it is being handled so that. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little off track here right out of the gate, but that's okay. That's why we that's why we do this thing. So there is a parent company, um, Layu, and they actually are the parent company of or own the majority share of uh, the company that actually makes Warframe, so Digital Extremes, and that actually has a very intriguing free-to-play model um from a lot of friends that i've talked to that actually have played warframe they actually describe it as a game that has a very free uh, a very fair free-to-play model and um basically the things that you can earn in the game um are things that uh, you can get out of the cash shop now lord of the rings online for example does have a very similar system and for the most part, it's been pretty fair. Um, I think the issue that becomes with when you're looking at the Lord of the Rings online, the cash shop, is the pricing on some of the things is absolutely insane. And if you if you drill down things to what a Lotro point costs versus what some things cost, you have things like a an entire trait tree. Opening up another one of those is like seven or eight dollars, or or close to ten dollars, or something like that. It's a little ridiculous when you look at the fact that um, like what it costs for like a scroll of empowerment or what it costs for a steed or content, 
that the pricing structure within that system doesn't seem to be very good in my opinion. So I don't really buy a lot of stuff out of the store. Um, what I tend to buy, if I do buy anything, would be um, usually as like XP boosts and stuff like that, just to spend less time leveling up um, alts and stuff like that. But so back to uh, the new game from Athlon Games. Uh, Athlon Games is actually so there's this big misconception already that this is going to be an Eastern game or it's going to be very uh, heavily. Uh, I don't want to say this in a, in, a, in a negative light, but a more like Asian style game. Um, things like um, I want to say here. Uh, like Black Desert Online and things like that. They have a certain art style and a certain grind to them that kind of attribute to that style of content. Now, the the studio itself is being headquartered in Burbank, California, and what they, they what they want is the Western style gaming uh, with the resources that they have from their holding company and things like that. So from from just this super um I guess we don't even, we don't have a whole lot of information here so from what I'm hearing so far which is not much I'm excited about it. Okay? And I think that the big takeaway from this is that a lot of people are on the fence about well, you know, what's this going to do to Lotro and and you know is this the end for Lotro are they going to pull their license well no um i've been around the lord of the rings online community for a long time and i know it's a very loyal fan base uh for what fan base is left um so i think you know people will play both if it's set in a different time frame than than games then they can coexist and there's no reason to think that you know, people already play multiple MMOs. People play um, World of Warcraft. They play Star Wars: The Old Republic. They play Guild Wars Two. Uh, the list goes on. There's plenty of MMOs out there on the market, and and people play them all. And a lot of people play multiple games. So it, it's, if anything, it could probably even to some degree help Lord of the Rings Online if you think about it. Um, having competition directly in the same intellectual property even though it's a different story and a different time. Um, it might draw people into checking out that game again. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but if you think about it in the light of, we're going to get a modern a modern MMO set in Middle Earth, and I'm excited for that. Um, and the reason I say I'm excited for it, one, it's free-to-play, which a lot of people immediately scoff at and they're just say, nope free to play it's garbage not gonna not even gonna try it well and then you have the people that actually look at it from the warframe side of things and say well warframe's actually really good um i've downloaded it and played it maybe about two hours worth so i can't really speak to uh the the longevity of the game but i can speak to the way it looks and feels the engine feels good the graphics look good um so that's always been a big complaint of Lord of the Rings online is the graphics are dated. The engine is dated. The engine can't handle some of the things they throw at it now. And it's 32 bit. Yes. They're getting a 64 bit client. Maybe sometime, maybe who knows they're working on it. Is that going to fix everybody's problems? No. Is it going to fix the problems that I have currently with the game? No. 
Um, the big problems I have with the game really are around the loot boxes. Some of that stuff is getting addressed right now in update 23, but uh, we'll we'll dive into more of that a little bit later. Um, but like I said, I'm excited that there's going to be another game, a new game, current engines, um, whether it's custom or Unreal, we don't really know that yet. We really don't know a whole lot about this. And I think it's very easy to go down the road of speculation and getting overly excited about it, which I'm already finding myself doing because I, I, I love Middle Earth. Like, I just, the entire mythos of, I don't think that's the right word, but, you know, the, the entire lore and appeal of Middle Earth is just awesome. I love that style. And, you know, while you have some fun with things like, um, with World of Warcraft and the looseness that they have within their own IP, um, there there's something to be said for a story that was crafted with the level of care to detail that Tolkien did. And to any opportunity I get to spend time in Middle Earth, whether it's a new movie, uh, whether it's a, I'm not much of a reader. I, I don't really like reading that much. I'm, I'm much more of a visual person, but, um, you know, a lot of people get flack over the, the Hobbit movies. I let them be movies, and I enjoyed the movies. Um, when you sit there and dissect them, yeah, they're not that great, but I enjoyed them. Um, you know, I, I've watched all six movies. Ugh, can't even tell you how many times at this point. I have multiple variations of each of the different uh, films. You know, it's just... It is an awesome thing, and I, like I said, I just any opportunity I have to to dive back into that, I appreciate and and enjoy. So, um, with that being said, I think with we'll we'll move over into the the update twenty three stuff for Lord of the Rings Online. I think with Lord of the Rings Online, we're we're going to be hitting this really. <sighs> I, th I think we've already had pivotal points in this game's history, but I think we're hitting a really pivotal one right now in that, man, this is like, this is really kind of, it's difficult to talk about because I I've was like so diehard this game for so long and it just, it really bugs me to see it going down the road it's going. And I know there's plenty of people that share that sentiment because I talk to you guys on Discord and stuff like that. The thing with the loot boxes really bothers me, and they're not going anywhere. So, you know, people have told me that, well, you just need to deal with it or, you know, not to play the game or whatever the case is. And, and the thing is, like, there's a stigma around people saying it's, it's a, it's a pay-to-win game now. Well, it's like you have the option to pay for things. And I think people, when they talk about pay-to-win, they're just frustrated because that option exists. Um, it's not that they don't have the option not to, it's because they have an option that they, yes, they can spend all this time in, in, in game and do the content and yes, they can earn those rewards. But the fact that somebody can come in and just spend money and not do that, that the fact that that is an option is crap. Let's call it what it is. It's crap. It's, it's a, 
that is the situation where I feel like it's a money grab versus a just a company being a for-profit company trying to sustain their game. That's what I have a problem with. And again, hey, it's my opinion. I'm sure you guys all have your own opinion and you probably think differently than I do and that's okay. I mean, that's what makes the world go around. But I just, you know, I'm a veteran player of the game. I go back to things like Shadows of Angmar and Minds of Moria when it was a subscription-only game. And that was the only thing that you were paying for is a game as a service. And a game as a service is totally fine. If I'm paying my monthly service fee to play the game, that you should have enough players in your game because you're making compelling content to sustain your game. You should not need things like that. Now, I understand completely going to a a free-to-play model, you have to have something in place because there is an option for not a single person in your game then to pl- to actually pay for something. Now, I do, and I still do. I just got my three months taken out again for the next, uh, you know, three months of s- subscriptions for the game. And I haven't even played it for a month. But, you know, I actively keep tabs on things. I talk to people within the community. I watch the dev tracker. Um, and I try to keep up on as much of it as I can. The stuff with Update 23, watching the developers talk on the forums, and, and just watching the sheer frustration by players, um, it's it's really discouraging. And it... it man, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot here. It really makes it easy for me to play other games right now because every time I log in and I look and there's stuff that I want to do, um, knowing what's coming and the changes that are happening, it really makes it a situation that I don't want to play. And then I can hop into World of Warcraft, for example, and I can hop in there and have a bunch of friends to play with and go do a raid and go do arena and go do all these things that I really enjoy. And that is not something I've had in Lord of the Rings Online for quite some time. And I know a lot of people share that. And I don't know, as a player base, what we do about that. Because there are people that are just flat out content with uh, how things are. And things don't bother them. Things don't... um, um, Yeah, I mean, they just... It's their escape... So they don't really care about the, uh, I don't want to use the word political, but that's game politics, if you will. You don't want to dive in and hear about all the dumb stuff with the game. You just want to log in and enjoy your time away from all the things that are happening in the world. Totally understand that. Um, As a veteran player of the game and someone who's broadcast the game for five years and, you know, been a little bit more involved on the, on the, that side of the game you know and people ask for your opinions and things like that and they want to know more from you and things like that it it forces you down that road and it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing at all it's just that it it does take it away from being a little bit more of a, a of just a game and there are things involved with that side of the business if you will that if you could remove yourself from it it would be just a much more enjoyable experience and I think there's some games that have come out in the last couple of years that have really elevated what the experience is for gamers and what the expectations are for gamers. And realistically, what it what it comes down to is 
what is frustration? Frustration, quite simply, is having an expectation and then it not being met. Plain and simple. And I think there's a couple things that have happened with this game over the course of its life. And there's a lot of uh, expectations that were set by either various versions of the development team, uh, different executive producers, different community managers, uh, different players. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of them were unrealistic. It's, hey, we want to do this, or we wrote this down in a dev diary, so that becomes gospel then. And so that that expectation is then set. And then when that thing does not happen, to no fault of anyone, whether it is a financial thing for the game, whether it is a, a pure engineering thing that just can't be done, or... You know, so many people just misread it, and it's a communication issue. Um, when the expectations aren't met, that's when you have frustration. Um, I I don't like seeing things getting dismissed from either players or developers. And I think with the... You, you see a little bit of the backtracking right now. They're trying to fix some things with with the loot box situation uh but then you also have stuff with the uh mithrin um essences for update 23 that the craftable ones aren't going to be ready for release uh, when update 23 releases you've got uh the picker box will be able to be disenchanted but the essence inside it will not be so if you make the mistake of opening it and it's not something you need. You can't disenchant it then, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, but update 23, like I said, it's a, it's a very pivotal point for this game. And um, I think it's... I, I don't doubt the content will be good. The content is going to be good. Um, I'm a little worried about reading into tier two challenge or the tier two mode and the tier three mode tier one being just absolutely easy which it usually was but tier two just not being difficult enough and then tier three just being in a weird place uh mechanics being broken um they're doing another stat modification and they're finding bugs with that and i sure hope that this thing does just not launch when whatever their deadline is because it is clearly not ready. And that is one thing I've been very, very critical of Standing Stone Games and Turbine and Warner Brothers is they'll find something that is a bug and they'll want to fix it and so they'll delay the release by a day. So then they basically are hot-fixing something without putting it in uh, Bull Roar and it's just not enough. Um, again, these are all just opinions and thoughts I have in my head around current development and stuff like that. And I'll be honest, even hearing myself talk about this, it sounds like I absolutely hate this game. And that is far from the truth. You know, it's just, I have so many fond memories of this game. And like I said, to see it take the turn that it is, uh, and, and do the things that it's doing, it's just disheartening. Like, it's, 
I never thought I would be one of those guys talking about how a uh, how I feel about a game. You know, it's one of those things. You just, you just. I'm not that dude, but it's it is bugging me, man. It's just bugging me to see where this thing is going, and I guess I just I just don't agree with a lot of the stuff that's being done. Um, so if I take a step back and I and, and I truly just look at it, like what is it that I want out of this game? I want good storytelling that's always there i want uh awesome landscapes and exploration stuff that's usually there and i mean like 95 percent of the time that's there um i want difficult dungeons and i don't mean difficult because they're broken and not balanced i want difficult things that actually challenge you as a player and your skill usage and your thought process and it's not just Hey, tank this thing over here. Don't stand in this. Um, I want, I want compelling content, things that make you think. Um, and then I, I know this piece just will never come from this game. I, I just understand that. And that is, uh, good PVP. Um, I've been able to get back into the arena in World of Warcraft. I only win about 50% of the matches, but damn it, do I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun, and I really enjoy it. And so that's that's the thing right now is, I mean, I still love Lord of the Rings Online, but World of Warcraft is giving me the things I need where I am as a gamer right now. And um, like I said, I don't typically like to talk about the streaming thing, um, like numbers and all that stuff, because the enjoyment of streaming becomes uh, is, is sharing content with viewers and being able to do that stuff. I don't like to talk about numbers and things like that. But realistically, if I can for just a moment, it is much more difficult for me to stream World of Warcraft. I do take a fairly large numbers dump when I when I stream that versus Lord of the Rings Online. And that is a, a difficult decision I have had to make and had to deal with. Um, so there's that. When uh, other games come out, um, like when you guys, if you're a viewer of the stream and you watch uh, when I played Destiny 2, that was incredibly difficult as a broadcaster because people weren't talking in the chat. So I literally just focused on the game and it, it felt like I wasn't even streaming. And that sucks. I, I truly enjoy talking to people and um, getting the insights and the pokes and the jabs and all that stuff. Uh, from chat and that's that's the fun part of it and when that doesn't happen you start to question you get that little that gnawing sensation of why am i doing this there's there's nobody watching there's nobody talking and it's just difficult from being in the perspective of, of being in a spot where there's a lot of people in the chat and a lot of people talking and then and then not but like i said don't want to talk about that too much back to games uh so we we talked about a little bit about the Athlon Games stuff, uh, that there's just not a ton of information out there right now. Uh, but I am excited for that. I really want to see where that goes, and I hope that it is everything that everybody wants in a, in a Middle-Earth MMO. I truly hope that it has everything that you want. I hope it has everything that I want. Um, as far as World of Warcraft goes, um, right now... We're doing pretty good. the The guild on Thrall for Trifecta is uh, really right now. It's just a it's a it's a group of of friends playing. 
Um, if you're on Thrall or you want to transfer there on Horde, you're more than welcome to join that guild. Um, it, uh, let's see, we started doing some of the raid. I mean, we don't really even have enough people, so we pug a lot of the, the we pick up a lot of people for that. So right now, I think we've done f five out of the eight on normal. And we got a couple people that have joined up some heroic groups that have done um, three or four bosses out of heroic. Um, like I said, I've been jumping into the arena a lot more, and that's been fun just to to get the like physical dexterity back to do the the fast combat. Um, really been enjoying that. There's uh, already talk of eight point one coming out, which eight point one is going to have another raid. Uh, the Siege of Zuldazar. I can't remember if it's a siege or not, but, um, and, and this is kind of interesting because it's going to actually be, well, traditionally, if you have a raid in a game, no matter what your faction is, you're going to see the same, the same stuff, whether you're Horde or Alliance, uh, in World of Warcraft, you see the same thing. There's, there's a few exceptions to that, but vast majority of the time you experience the same content either way. This is intriguing because it's the raid itself is uh two sides to the same story and you're experiencing them at different points in time. Um so that that's kind of interesting and we'll uh have to see how that plays out. I think there's a handful of bosses in that one and then there's going to be another raid that's a uh, kind of like a layer raid. I think it's just two bosses. Um, so should be pretty quick. That kind of feels like it's going to be a catch-up mechanic for some people. Um, still haven't heard any information about MDI or the Mythic Dungeon Invitational for Battle for Azeroth yet. Um, I think the the highest keystone mythic that people are doing right now is floating around a 16 or a 17. The uh, Trifecta Guild, or the Trifecta team, is... Uh, I think floating around 15, 16 on their highest. So that's cool. Um, and that's kind of where we are with World of Warcraft right now. There's there's stuff on the horizon that's coming out. Um, we've got some stuff that we're progressing on with, with our guild and our group of friends, which is always good. Progression always feels good. Um, one thing I've noticed too is that the game is much simpler and not in, I don't feel like it's dumbed down simpler. I feel like there's complexity that was removed that wasn't necessary. Like having three gem sockets on all of your gear and being able to enchant every piece of thing. Like that's gotten so simple over the last couple of years, last several years, really. Cause you get to a point where you have, I think like five gem sockets total. And then, you know, you can enchant your rings and your weapon. And if you're an enchanter, you can enchant your gloves. Although, no, I'm sorry. You can enchant your um, your wrist. And then there's a kind of inconsequential one that you can put on your wrist for crafting. So it, it's made it much more simpler. And when I, when I look at that in comparison to things like Lord of the Rings Online, where you have your legendary system where you literally need thousands of scrolls of empowerment. Um, uh, what do you need? Like 60 something um, starlet crystals. And then you need uh, the two crystals of remembrance. And that's just for like a primary 
ally or a legendary item and legendary weapon. And the, just the amount of stuff that you need and the amount of grind that's in the game, it's it's kind of crazy. Because then I look at, wow, and the quote-unquote grind that people talk about in that game is very inconsequential. And you're talking about a rep grind that really took maybe... Like, if I would have actually stuck with it completely out of the gate, and I was playing two characters, I probably would have had it done in just a few weeks. But it took me the better part of a month, maybe a little bit longer. And even then, it wasn't that bad. It was really doing uh, random daily quests. And it felt okay. It didn't feel like... I think the difference with the dailies is the dailies, you actually go someplace and it pops the quest for you. And you can see what the reward is. You don't go to one NPC and just get this list, this laundry list of things to do. And it's effectively the same thing, but I guess it feels different because I have to go to these different locations. And you go to the location where the quest is and do the quest. It's not pick up all these things and then go do all these things and then come back. Um, so if I want to do something specific for a piece of gear or a piece of reputation, I can do that. Um, but I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting that wow ha- over its years has gone kind of done like a bell curve and it went from incredibly simple and then really shot up in complexity um, and then it actually came back down in in ways of like you don't gem as much, you don't enchant as much, the talents are not trees anymore, you select traits. Uh, it's kind of funny because it's a lot of the things that I hear frustrations from out of the Lotro community, the things that they want, the, the, WoW, the WoW development team has done to WoW, and I think that's kind of interesting. Um... I really do think Lotro could stand for a lot more simplification and really just focus on what they're good at, which is telling the story and uh, having more quests and group-based content. Just focus on that stuff. Get rid of all the the complex systems, things like the legendary system. Honestly, the legendaries have been around for 10 years. They they need to go bye-bye. They really need to um, get into a situation where they write it into the story that legendaries just go away. Um, go back to itemized loot, retool the, uh, all the, the mastery and stuff. They're already doing all the math and the hard engineering work to, to fix all this stuff. Now would be the absolute perfect time to write it into the story to get rid of legendaries. They had their time in the sun. They're no longer needed. And it's a very simple thing to do. It's like, well, how do you, how do you write us, write the story in a, in a way to get rid of these things? while not screwing up all the previous old content. Well, it's quite simple. Um, if you want to do anything new at 120 or like 10 or 116 or whatever the new stuff is, like if you're at 115 and you want to progress to anything that is in this, you have to do one quest line. And that quest line, kind of like a book quest or an epic quest line, would get you to deconstruct or whatever to your legendary and go back to an itemized loot or a simpler ally maybe it's has two things on it like it has a a uh, a stat and a perk just one of each 
on, on things instead of having this big list of things that are modifiers and all this stuff. Write it in the story where you do that, you deconstruct that, or we just get one item. One item, that's it. And uh, let's go that route. And you have to do that quest line to get into the new content. The content is straight up not unlocked. If you do that and it gives you a passive virtue or deed that would prevent you from using legendary items going forward. Um, I think what has happened over the time is that the legendaries in that game have got far too complex. They can't keep up with it. The scaling is broken and it really just makes the content. It's really difficult to balance the content because you can't really predict how people are going to build their classes and what things they're going to do and what things are going to be able to figure out when putting all these things together. Like the, the possibilities are limitless in reality. Um, so I think for the, for the type of game that Lord of the Rings online is, they really need to go back to straight up itemized loot, get rid of all the modifier stuff. Um, you can certainly still have set bonuses for gear um, and let that be where the, the complexity comes in because that is very set in stone and you can't change that. Um, I think that's what needs to happen. I think from an engineering standpoint, that makes the, the, the game easier to build and to scale and all that stuff. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how, how, you, how else you fix this. I mean, that's, that's one of the only real solutions I have. And I know that would certainly help balance out PvP. Because a big issue with PvP in that game is that you have the creeps that are built on the corruption system, which is the old trait system for the freeps. And then you have the freeps that are, and if you guys aren't familiar with those terms, creeps are the monster players, Uruks, orcs, defiler, like the orc defilers, spiders, wargs, all that stuff. And then the freeps are the free peoples of Middle Earth, your hobbits, your dwarves, your men, uh, all that good stuff. So uh the freeps are built on the the new trait tree system and they have essences and they have uh their legendaries and things like that. they have all these modifiers and everything that really make it way too out of whack out in the pvp area excuse me so i think <laughs> when I, when i went out and i had the conversations at the at the studio it was a situation where it was the progression the, talked about it as the, the game was built around progression and you, and you don't want to go do PVP. You don't want to go do all this work and then have all this stuff stripped out to go do PVP. I, I disagreed. I mean, uh, PVP in the simplest form is just combat. And I just want to go on a level playing field and just have good combat, whether that's because all of the classes are balanced or not. Uh, I don't know. You know, my, my perspective on it is keep it simple. You have a aging game with a declining player base. You need to do something to stop that. And I think, Making it simpler, but having greater rewards sounds simple enough, right? But as, as from a development standpoint, things are not always that way. Um, 
So I think, like I said, we, we, we talked about the Athlon Games thing. We talked about Update 23, and we talked about uh, some World of Warcraft stuff in there. So that's really all I have for this this episode. Um, I hope the, the sound levels are a little bit better. I'm able to watch it a little bit better and hear it back live. So I hope this uh, is a little bit better. As always, if you guys have any feedback for me, you have topics you want to talk about on the show, you can email me um bloodborne mmo at gmail.com or if you want to leave a message on um twitter you can hit me up uh it's just at bloodborne make sure you're hitting up the the twitch stream as well it's twitch.tv slash bloodborne um i'd love to hear from you guys feedback positive negative i'm a big boy i can handle it so let me know what you think and i will see you all next time thanks for watching or listening because you guys do both, right? Yeah. All right, we'll see you.